Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Wow, Matt fellow adventurers, we are back with Sir Croakington. And we've wandered back to Hawklaw. And now we're going to the Stoneback Tavern. The Stone... The Stoneback Tavern has the likeness of a large and particularly ugly Stoneback Spider emblazoned on the front set of double doors. The tavern is quite large inside and rather well kept. A large hand-painted sign adorns the wall just inside the front doors. For a village the size of Hawklaw, you're surprised at the large number of people hanging about inside the tavern. I'm guessing this tavern also serves... So there's a few hamlets, a few hamlets, and probably several dozen small holdings. The tavern keeper, and it maybe might be on some trade routes too. The tavern keeper, a robust, jovial fella named Pripor, comes over and welcomes you. Now, every time you enter the tavern, someone always refers to you as the Hammertong Champion which results in a round of cheers and salutes from those gathered in the common room. Ooh, there's an old, white-haired man seated alone. Let's say hi. The old man, seated alone at the furthest table furthest in the fireplace, looks up and nods as you approach. He politely offers you a chair, and once you've accepted it, he calls for Piplar to set down two frothing flagons of the house brew. You've made quite a name for yourself around here, he says, smiling. Must admit, I'm quite fond of hearing all about the doing of this age's crop of adventurers. That same spirit once coursed through me as well. 
for I don't think you'll be surprised to learn those days are behind me. Old man introduces himself as Tazawick and tells you he was once known as the Golden Knight. I wasn't truly a knight, of course, he says. But the name seemed to stick, so I kept with it. Goblets were my sport mind. Well, I often wish they'd gone after some of the more dangerous things. Well, I suppose goblins are quite dangerous enough in their own way. Tazawick asks, asks you all about your adventures up in Westworld, and is thrilled when you provide him with the detailed account of your excursion into the goblin-infested caves. Well, I don't know if there's something that would interest you, he says, stroking his chin. Just something I always wanted to pass on to someone like you. Just something I came across in my adventures long ago. Taswick tells you that while exploring the blustery wood near the village of Sageholt many years ago, he discovered a cave hidden in deep in the forest. I found myself in that wood quite by mistake, he says, and I dare not linger here. But I do often wonder, however, what secrets that cave might have held. Perhaps someone like you would be up up for it. <laughs> of course, it was years ago. I can't quite remember its location. But I could give you a vague description of the path of forest I was in at the time. Ask Tazwick to tell you about the cave's location. Because caves, they usually have nice things in them. Like skeletons and goblins. Okay, those aren't nice. But they're in front of the nice things, which is the treasure and the XP. Ask Tazwick to tell you about... Yep. Tazwick becomes quite animated as he describes for you in almost excruciating detail. The area of the forest in which he discovered the cave. Based on the details of his long-winded narrative... You feel confident whether with enough exploration of the blustery wood near Sageholt, you'll be able to find the cave he's spoken of. Well, there you have it, as best as I can recall it, says Tazawick, as he turns his attention back to the flagon of ale resting at his elbow. We'd like to know, if you find the cave, what's in there. You fob me about this place most days. When you finish your ale, you thank Taswick for describing for you the occasion of the cave and bid him farewell. You promise to report back to him what you discovered there. Should you find the cave, that is. To search for the cave Taswick told you about, pay a visit to the village of Sageholt, located near Talonus, and explore the blustery wood. Well, we'll get to that eventually, because that sets off a whole series of stuff. But now to move around the common room and mingle. There's a rather sizable crowd in the stone-back tavern. You elbow your way past several tables until you've happened upon a rugged-looking crew of four men. One of the men takes takes a loud off makes a loud off-colour remark about you to his companions, and all four share a shoot. Good laugh at your expense. You, you're, you're really short. And that is suboptimal for some situations. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. And you're green. Possibly. <laughs> Probably green. 
A few other tavern patrons have overheard the comment on us sniggering quietly. When you respond with a rather witty retort, the table goes quiet. And the man who made the original original co- or comment glares at you, his face turning a brilliant shade of crimson. You best apologise for that, he grumbles. Now, if I apologise to the man, we'll hit it off and then we can do the whole Lone Rider quest. A quest which I think probably more than half of the people who play this game don't even know is there. Because who apologises? I don't apologise. Because I refuse to apologise, which is what I'll do. The man's face grows even wetter, and his entire body begins to shake. He rises from the table, his hand gripping the hilt of a longsword strapped to his side. He was soon a defensive stance, ready for any possible attack he might launch. You'll wish you swallowed your pride, stranger, he grumbles. Suddenly, suddenly, Pripple, the tavern keeper, rushes over and puts himself between you and the man. I'll have none of this in here, he says. You both best mind yourself. I'll have the militia come round you up. The man grumbles something and signals for the two other three men at the table to stand up. All three wise to his side, their hands well resting on the hilts of their short swords. Call on anyone you like, he says, shoving Pillipaw to the side. I'll have this stranger's blood before I'm insulted like that again. Without hesitation, he draws his weapon and attacks. To dismay, his three cohorts follow suit. You are locked in combat with four tavern roughnecks. The four men have you completely surrounded, so fleeing is not an option. Alright, four tavern roughnecks. I could kill them, or I could subdue them. Now, they haven't quite... They haven't quite reached kill level yet, so I guess it's subdue o'clock. And also, I don't want to ruin ruin Pippipaw's tavern with blood on everything. That takes forever to get out. You'll have to probably get new chairs. Or something. Subdue your enemy. The men slash at you with their blades. And they keep doing that, and they are subdued. 2xp. The last man topples over. He's been knocked utterly senseless by your savage, well-placed blows. But like his cohorts, he will eventually recover. The tavern sit sits in crowd, stunned silence. You quickly stoop to examine the bodies. You discover the following. Uh, common weapons, not worth picking up. And eleven gold. The front doors of the tavern burst open, and several members of the local militia stride in, their weapons drawn, and their gaze firmly fixed on you. Pilipor immediately explains the situation to them, and they accept his words, although they appear to guard you with a bit of caution. Pilipor thanks you for saving his skin. He seems to have forgotten the men were only interested in harming you. Then he bustles off to calm the nerves of the jangled nerve of his patrons with three ale. The militia do 
men do the work of dragging out the senseless forms of the four roughnecks. They kindly ask you to let let them handle all the matters of this nature in the future, if possible. Nice job at that, marks one of the militiamen as he passes by. This crew in nothing but trouble, you know. Maybe they've finally been caught, taught a lesson they can understand. Takes a while, but after a couple of rounds of free drinks, Pitipor firmly draws the line to per customer. The tavern mob seems to have come back to life somewhat. Alright, now let's wander around the tov- the common room a little bit more. There's a rather sizable crowd in the Stoneback Tavern. You open your way past several tables until you spot an older, grey-haired man seated alone at a table in the corner eyeing you closely. He is garbled in a leather waistcoat. The short sword hung at his side. He smiles knowing at you and raises a tankard of ale towards you as if in salutations. <gasps> Old man MPC, it's Quester Clark. Approach the man. You strike you hop up to the you hop up onto the table in an attempt to determine the intentions of the stranger. Before he had a chance to speak, he rises from his seat, bows deeply, and introduces himself. My name is Jod Haltham, he says. I'm indeed glad to have finally found you, Sir Crokington. Your deeds are known to me, and I believe you may have come across something of great concern to me. Might I ask you to sit and hear me out? So I could decline the invitation and leave. But that means no quest, so I'm not doing that. Sit and hear what he has to say. I'm going to do that, but first, let's use divination. Since I ha- since I spent so much XP levelling that up. All the way to level 50. 50! And this is early, this is really early game. You attempt to use your powers of divination to determine this man's attempts. Channel divination. You sense you sense nothing devious about the man's intentions. You also sense he is eager to speak to you about something. Sit and hear what he has to say. The man buys you a tankard of ale, and while you casually sip the drink, he begins a rather lengthy tale that pikes your interest. He again introduces himself as Jod Haltham and tells you he has travelled to Hawklaw from Talonus when he heard shade goblins may have been sighted in some caves in a nearby area known as Westhold. You can't begin to imagine how surprised I was to find that they had already been eliminated and their chieftain slain, he says excitedly. You see, Sir Crokington, I've long had good reason to seek to even the score of Balak. It was the Shade Goblin Chieftain who did this to me. Jod stands up and moves around the tables to stand before you. What you see is entirely unexpected. Jod's entire white leg below the lee is missing. And in its place is a thick wooden peg. Oh, wooden peg. Yeah, because medieval times. They don't have good prosthetics. Or at least... They don't have good prosthetics if you don't know very powerful wizards. I presumably Archmaid Huron could probably knock something up. Yes, or 
Oh, they went to the grey circle. We could probably do something, but normal people? Nope. You get a stick. A stick. And you better hope that you don't get you don't get gangrene or any other infections. Oh yeah, and a lot of pain. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of pain. And that's why you're doing it. And after it, you're probably going to have phantom limb stuff. After several moments, he takes his seat at the table. Continues his tale. It's Balak who years ago took my leg, he says. Uttering the, la- the name of the slain goblin chieftain with obvious disdain. It was also Balak who killed my father. And it was Balak's own father. A mighty shaved goblin chieftain known as Galgorak, who killed my father's father and took from him his sword. A sword that has descended among my kin for generations. Jod tells you that his father was never able to exact vengeance on Galgorak for the mighty shaved goblin chieftain was slain in fierce battle with Tyson Border Rangers. In the foothills of the Fuendian range. My father's hunger for revenge was not easily sated. He sought to slay the only son of Galgarok. A brutal shade goblin named Balak. Yet my father was himself slain. Cut down by the minions of Balak. I later learned that Balak himself struck the killing blow. But only after my father had no strength left with which to fight. Jod pauses momentarily before continuing. He tells you that upon coming of age, he took up the cause of vengeance. But an encounter with Balak nearly proved fatal. The vile shade goblin chieftain lopped off his leg in battle. And Jod barely escaped with his life. How, how long did goblins live? Because it, it, from what we've seen, Balak was still in his prime. He definitely looked like it. He wasn't sitting at the back waiting, having other things fight them. He was going around, he was decapitating his own minions, wearing the spider, spider necklace, you know, living it up, living it up. But apparently, and he must have been an adult while he... Chopped the legs off. When he chopped his legs off. And probably a few years before that. He killed his father. Hmm. And now he's got old. <laughs> so. Well, so Balak has been. Uh, let's see. Let's say he was. Let's say he was uh, 18. 18 when. When he came of age, because I think that's about the earliest you can put it. I mean, in certain cultures you can shift it a couple of years earlier, but not much more than that. And now he must be, let's say, 60. And let's say 42 years, add. And add it to 45 years of being, of being a brutal goblin chieftain. Dude, that is quite a long profession. Especially considering most goblins, they die really easily. A bit of respect for him. Not much, because he's, he's Alex's dick, but... <laughs> bit of respect. Just 
teeny, teeny, teeny respect. Exactly one quantum of respect. One quantum. Jod pauses momentarily before, before continuing. He tells you upon coming of age, he took up the cause of vengeance, but an encounter with Balak proved, nearly proved fatal. The vile goblin chieftain lopped off his leg in battle, and Jod barely escaped with his life. I fled so that I might fight another day, he says. For me, for me would have died the only chance to avenge the death of my father and my father's father. Jod tells you that he never stopped seeking the day when he could again confront his father's killer. And when he learned that people have spotted what, what, spotted what could be shade goblins in Westworld area near Hawklaw, he hastily made his way here from Talonus. Upon his arrival, he learned of your victory over Balak and his goblin horde. Too late was I to claim my vengeance on Balak, he says, somewhat dejectedly. However, I was nevertheless overjoyed to learn of your success, and against such numbers of them. You truly are worthy of the praise laid upon you by those to whom I spoke. Jolt leads over the table and knows his voice. There's something else, Sir Crokington. Did you find a stone key in Balak's possession? Right, I'm going to tell him I have the key. It's the granite key. Jod's eyes light up when you tell him you have the granite key. He has to see the key and you cautiously show it to him, making certain it never leaves your possession. He tells you the granite key unlocks a tomb hidden deep in the forest near Westworld, the tomb of the mighty goblin chieftain Galgorak. I had long hoped that Balak held the key to his father's tomb, says Jod. Goblin tombs are not easily discovered, and they are less easily plundered. I have no interest in what lies within the tomb, save for one thing. The sword that undoubtedly rests in the foul, rotting hands of Galgorak. It is the sword that was wrested from my grandfather's lifeless hands by the goblin chieftain. The sword of my kin! Jod tells you that he will lead you to the location of the tomb. If you will seek, you enter it and seek to retrieve the sword for him. He tells you that his health is such these days to prevent him from undertaking such tasks himself. Anything else therein is yours, he says, but you must give the sword to me. With the blade of my kin in my possession, I can at last put this entire foul business behind me. Alright, off we go. Agree to the terms. You agree to the terms Jod has set forth, and at once you both set out for Westworld. Jod tells you he's been to the site of the Goblin Tomb several times over the years, having first learned about it from a Shade Goblin he captured long ago in his search for Balak. Despite the fact that he has only one leg, you find it difficult to keep pace with Jod in the wilderness. He tells you he has spent many years in the wilds of the Broadlands, hunting down shade goblins and their lairs. After a solid hour's trek into the wood, Jod suddenly pauses and points to a large, flat rock nestled in amongst the leaves on the forest floor ahead. A 
closer examination of the rock reveals many faintly etched symbols on its, on its surface. A sizable keyhole is set into the centre of the rock. Here it is, he says. The tomb of Galgarak. You step forward and insert the granite key into the keyhole in the middle of the flat stone. It takes a great deal of effort, but you eventually manage to turn the key. You and Jot watch the flat, large flat rock in silence for several moments until at last it begins to slide back, revealing the top of a flight of stone steps that descend into the earth. Jod wishes you good luck and tells you he will wait here for your safe return. Use great caution in there, Sir Croakington. He warns you as you make ready to descend the steps. Goblin tombs are full of tricks and traps, as I've heard it. May the Allfather protect you and see you out unharmed. You nod in response and descend into the musty interior of the goblin tomb. You cautiously descend into the tomb, your light pouring over the walls of the narrow stairway as you go. To only a minute of slow descent, you reach the bottom and are somewhat dismayed to discover three separate passages that lead off into the darkness from this passage. So I can go left, right, straight ahead. Or, but first I can use divination to tell me how where to go using magic. Channeling divination succeeded. You sense, you sense that you are in great danger in the tomb. The passage to your right offers the safest and most direct route to your objective. Hmm. But if it's safest, then that's less stuff for you to enjoy. So I'll go straight ahead instead. You move along the passage, your senses alert for the first sign of danger. Alright, picking a number between 1 and 100. Success! I've got to get 75 or more. Pick now! 40. Failure. Only too late do you realise you've stepped on a raised portion of the stone stone floor. The small section of the floor beneath your white foot begins to sink. The sound from above sends your heart racing. You glance up and see a large slab of stone dropping towards you. You've only a split second to react. So, I could just dive out the way... I could use telekinesis or fortification, but I don't have those yet. Or I could use destruction, which I do have. Use destruction. Okay, use... Use destruction. Use destruction! Use dis... Use... Use dis... Use destruction. Use destruction. Oh, mm. Seems to be some sort of bug here. Use destruction. Well, I'll have to dive out of the way. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You dive forward in a desperate attempt to get out from under the falling slab of stone. Alright, picking a number. Bonus of 16. Gotta get 50 or more. Or I might lose a leg too. Pick now. 80, 80, 80, 58 success. You land hard on the stone floor of the passage, just as a large slab of stone smashes into the exact spot in which you stood only moments ago. Your quick reflexes have almost certainly saved your life. You rise to your feet and dust yourself off before continuing along the passage. The passage you're following opens into a large rectangular chamber the centre of which sits a raised plinth. Set atop the plinth is a large stone sarcophagus. The lid of the sarcophagus has been carved into the likeness of a hideous goblin face. The realisation strikes you. The goblin face on the sarcophagus is identical to the one on your granite key. The walls of the chamber are covered with crude carvings that depict goblins killing men. The large... large of the carvings depict a large goblin hoisting a sword above his grotesque head. If little doubt you are standing in Galgarak's burial chamber. You move up and examine the sarcophagus and are surprised to discover it has no lid. There doesn't appear to be any visible means of opening it. Still, you realise that the sword Jod is seeking is to be found it and any other variables must be inside the massive stone box. Suddenly, you notice a keyhole near the base of the plinth on which the sarcophagus rests. You're not surprised to discover your granite key is a perfect fit. You insert the key and turn it slowly to hear a loud click. The sound of stone grating on stone fills the chamber 
as the lid of the sarcophagus begins to slide from its perch. The lid continues to slide off until there is no longer enough of the sarcophagus beneath to support its bulk. With a deafening thud, and a ma- the massive piece of stone lands at the base of the plinth. You move up and peer into the open sarcophagus. Inside the sarcophagus is the skeleton of a large goblin. Realise you're looking up, looking upon all that remains of the mighty shade goblin chieftain Galgorak. The goblin chieftain's fleshless hands still clutch the hilt of a gleaming longsword. Piled around the remains are several decayed leather bags and a large iron box. As you reach in to take hold of the sword, the skeletal goblin's hand shoots out and grabs you firmly by the wrist. Oh, of course you did. Of course you did. No, no one just... No one just rests in their graves. No one just goes... <gasps> La la la, resting in my grave, having a nap that lasts forever. Nope, nope, they have to get, get all angry. You try to warp their tombs and they go get all angry about it. It's not like they're using it. You weren't doing anything until you suddenly came to life again. Yeah, it's probably goblin magic. Goblin magic is spooky stuff. Yeah, yeah, it does seem like the sort of things a goblin would do. Make it so that if you rob the tomb, you trigger some sort of trap and resurrect everyone. You're hurled backwards with tremendous force and crash to the floor in a heap, the base of the plinth. You struggle to your feet just in time to witness a horrifying sight. The skeletal goblin is climbing out of the sarcophagus. Oh, hello again. Well, right, I haven't met you. Hey, I know, I know your son. I know your son. Yeah, I, I, I killed him. I killed your son. But before you did that, he was doing really well. He was a chieftain. He had loads of goblins. He had treasure. He was wading. He was wading and he was wading villages. He was living the goblin life. You know, until I killed him. Without a sound, the undead form of Galgrak leaps from the top of the plinth and lands on the floor of the chamber less than ten feet from where you stand. The skeletal goblin chieftain brandishes the gleaming longsword in its grip with considerable skill. You ready yourself to fend off an attack from the undead goblin when suddenly you find yourself faced with a new threat. The skeletal form of Galgrak takes several steps back at a dozen smaller skeletal goblins wielding spears and axes step silently from the shadows. Galgrok levels the gleaming sword at you, and the goblins surge forward forward without a sound and attack. There is no escape from this battle. He must fight to the death. It's twelve skeletal shade goblins, and they're all going down. Goblins attack you in a silent frenzy. Ooh, I just rolled a 20 and did 39 damage. Wait, I've only done... I've done four stabs and I've killed 12 goblins. I'm guessing their heads exploded taking out other ones. Or maybe, you know, you take one out and it 
falls over and knocks down the other, knocks down some others, something like that. You have slain your foe. 68 XP. The last of the skeletal goblins clatters to the ground at your feet. You spin to face Galgarak, but instead of the undead shade goblin chieftain, you find yourself confronted with six heavily armoured skeletal goblin warriors. The undead goblin warriors each wield rusty short swords. Without warning, the undead warriors rush forward and attack. It will be impossible to flee from this battle. You must fight to the death. Six armoured skeletal goblins begin combat. They slash at you viciously. Hmm, I wonder, were these ones deliberately killed to be buried with their with their leader? Or was it just he waited for them to die naturally? Or maybe they stored up ones that had died naturally so they could be put in the tomb for necromantic duties? Hmm. Could be either, could be either. Now, of course, we know from his son with his whole, Ooh, I'm angry! I'm going to decapitate my own man! Angry! Angry! I'm going to decapitate something! My own men are closer! I will decapitate them! Now, I couldn't decapitate you. Now I'm dead. Hmm. Me sad. Little spider say, Yay, we're free! We no longer have to be the necklace of this ugly guy. Cheerio! <laughs> like that. They slashed you viciously. Yeah, so if his son was like that, like son-like father, or something like that, yeah, imagine he's probably learnt it from his dad. The whole kill your own minions to show off how scary and evil you are. Anyway, these are slain also. 133 XP. That's a lot of XP. You dispatch the final undead goblin and turn to face Galgarok without hesitation. The undead goblin chieftain stalks towards you, the gleaming longsword cutting a wide arc in front of him as he approaches. It is impossible to flee from this battle. You must fight to the death, I assure you. The notion of fleeing had never entered my mind. It rarely does. Begin combat with Galgarak. He's gonna die. Again. Ooh, it's a plus four. Galgarak slashes at you with an expert stroke. Alright. And is slain. 261 XP. So it would be 256 XP. And a 5 XP bonus for difficulty. Or maybe a 4 XP bonus difficulty. And one, one random variation. Something like that. The undead form of Galgarak crumbles to the floor of the burial chamber. You stoop to examine his pile of bones, discover only the gleaming longsword amongst his remains. You take the longsword. Fearing what other undead horrors may yet lurk within the tomb, 
You quickly move over to the open sarcophagus and examine its contents. The sarcophagus contains several decayed leather bags and a large iron box. In the bags you discover the following. 169 gold, 202 gold, 299 gold. The iron box is not locked. I'm guessing it thought the old undead horde was enough, but it's not. It usually isn't. It's not locked. You flip back the lid and are surprised to discover the box contains several pieces of high quality armour. This was obviously Galgorok's battle gear. But due to its size it will easily fit a human. Which means it won't fit me. <laughs> Sir Grokington is a toad as we all, as you must remember. Chain cert. Stalo on points plus four. This black chainmail skirt was one shirt, not skirt. Don't confuse the two. You'd be hind up half naked. Was once the property of Galgorak, a mighty shade goblin chieftain. Galgorak's chain gloves. Stamina points plus four. Yep, once the property of Galgorak's large black shield. Well, take the lot of it. Alright, Galgorax boots, stamina points plus four. Maybe they're better than what I have? Gonna have to rejiggle them a bit. No, no, none of these are an improvement. Because I'm taking this quest a lot later than you. Well, the shield is one more. When you finish, you quickly exit the burial chamber and make your way out of the tomb. You emerge from the tomb and find Jod anxiously awaiting, waiting for you. He washes up to you and initiates a shoulder cross. When you describe what transpired inside the tomb and hand him the gleaming longsword, longsword Jod only shakes his head in disbelief. You don't know how much this means to me. To again hold this sword, says Jod beaming. I'm not certain I have any means by which to properly repay you. But I do have these. Perhaps you can make use of them. Jod hands you a small leather pouch containing ten dried Quebec leaves. I guess I can make some use of them. As they restore a little bit of stamina points. He also presents you with an emerald bracelet. Perhaps it could be of use to, he says. It's valuable though I've never found much use for it. Let's look at this. Ooh, stamina points plus one. Never reserve plus five. Five aura, five mind. This gold bracelet is set with four large emeralds. Alright, I'll just equip that right away. Yeah, because, well, we got bone. I don't even have any wrist armor for it to replace. So that definitely makes it better. Yeah, the other thing is black pearl bracelet. That doesn't do anything. 
You make your trip back to Hawklaw with Jod. With Jod. And outside the stone-back tavern, you bid each other farewell. It's a long road to Talonus, he says, looking up at the midday sky in Oakville Manor. Would be nice if the weather could hold up until I'm well underway. Exchange a shoulder cross with him before he departs. Go well, Sir Crokington, he says, walking away. This world is a very dangerous place. But I've a feeling we may meet again some day. Farewell. And that is the end of that quest. Now, that shield I've got is, the shield I just got is better than what I have. But it's way too big. So I'm just going to pop over to the grey circle using the convenience of plot to get through there. Visit the grey circle compound. And so there, I've got there. And even though there's nothing in the text, no text saying it, I'll talk to someone there. I'll find some sort of powerful wizard and they'll shrink it back down for me. And yeah, now they've done that. There. That's what I've done. I've had someone in the grey circle shrink Galgarak's shield. So now it fits me. Yes, so that's... So if I if I ever equip something that doesn't make sense, I went to the grey circle and had them shrink it. Because we do know that in Tulsa there is shrinking magic. You see it in the Underfoot adventure and in the On the Road to Hawklaw adventure. And there might be... Oh yeah, and there's... And, and there's this... This salamander that you see that has some sort of shrinking magic. But they say it the wrong way round, so it becomes enormous. Oh, oh dear, that's a spoiler. Oh, well, you probably... If you're going to listen to all of these, you'll probably already play Swift and know about that. Or you'll have forgot by, by the time you get to it. It's the very first episode I recorded, if you want to know about that. Anyhow, now I've got my MR to 71, my SP to 86, and my NV to 25. Now, what shall I be doing next? I guess I'll pop down to the Goblin Claw Inn. Yes, yes, I think that's what I will be doing next. But anyway... Until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.